Thank you very, very much. Uh, it's really uh, a great honor that uh, I get this opportunity uh, to attend this conference. Uh, I came to attend this conference uh, not because I have uh, something very uh, important to, to share with you. I came to this conference with the, uh, a very eager uh, expectation to learn something about Ibn Arabi because I know absolutely nothing. <laughs> and uh, I am very interested in uh, inter-religious and uh, intercultural uh, dialogues and uh, uh, understandings uh, because I think uh, that's a, a very important uh, effort to uh, to bring understanding and harmony within the people of the world, and also to bring uh, together uh, and work together uh, on every different fields where uh, we in order to make this world uh, a better place to live on. Uh, so therefore, when I heard uh, about uh, the writings of uh, Ibn Arabi, uh, I was very uh, inspired. Uh, and uh, I didn't know what I would say here. Uh, so uh, I asked advice from my friend Jane, and she thought maybe I should talk about uh, the four kayas. Uh, I was a little hesitant because this is something a little bit complicated. Uh, not a little bit complicated, quite complicated. Uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, when I hear uh, about the teachings of in Arabi. Maybe it was a good choice uh, because uh, uh, this is something uh, within Buddhism uh, a very, very important and very kind of uh, uh, very deep in a way, uh, but also uh, uh, you can say talking about the the ex, you know the whole kind of uh, relationship of uh, uh, maybe you can say spiritual and material things uh, as you know uh, buddhism is not a god based religion uh, buddha refused to talk about god uh, even refused to answer questions about god yeah, because he said that uh, uh, what we are uh, concerned at this moment is not the origin but the problems we have. Uh, so he gave this story about a, a person 
being sh shot with an arrow and lying in blood. And uh, he said, you know, uh, you will not be more interested to find where he comes from and all these things, but to, uh, to try to save his life. So therefore, Buddhism is basically uh, kind of geared or uh, uh, it's mainly uh, a way to find, uh, you know, uh, a train ourselves in a way, uh, or uh, to learn how to become uh, more, you know, more compassionate, more, uh, more wise, how to deal with our own uh, emotions, reactions, uh, habitual tendencies, and uh, how to see our and experience ourselves, and through that, how to uh, become more uh, joyful, uh, free from our our own problems and sufferings and pain. Uh, that's the main uh, main kind of uh, objective and the main uh, focus of the teachings. Uh, but when we go a little bit deep, deeper, uh, then, you know, uh, first we talk about uh, the interdependence, the karma, uh, to understand how, uh, like just now, uh, Ken was, the first, last speaker was talking about the causality. Uh, it's a very important aspect understanding philosophy of Buddhism, the interdependence uh, or the relativeness uh, of the things, that everything is uh, interdependent and dependently arising. Uh, so when we talk about the dependently arising uh, way of being, uh, there then uh, it's not just uh, the matter, and maybe I don't know whether you, you can call it spiritual or not. Uh, I'm sure spiritual uh, would have different meanings for different uh, people. Uh, but uh, maybe we can say mind if you want. Uh, but here mind is not just the thinking mind. The all, uh, you can call it the spirit or consciousness or psyche. Uh, the mind and matter uh, also uh, kind of uh, slowly kind of uh, uh, merges into one another uh, as the understanding of interdependence becomes deeper because uh, everything uh, that is there, whether it's matter or mind, uh, is uh, experienced uh, with uh, or is, is there uh, because of many different causes and conditions uh, and it, many different paths to it uh, and it's always like uh, uh, changing, uh, living uh, and therefore you know uh, continuously kind of uh, in a process uh, and in that process the whole thing that is around me 
is also experienced and experienced uh, the way uh, you know the things are is not just the way things are is something there uh, but the way things are perceived uh, one thing which is something is not necessarily you know is the same as it's perceived by everybody or from any point of view uh, because this this thing is like this because I am like this if I were totally different if I were like uh, somebody who has uh, uh, the eyes of a like uh, 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 telescopic or something like that uh, then I wouldn't see it same way but in a different way or if I had um, if I was like a very tiny microorganism or something like that I would see this in a totally different way so therefore you know that our way of seeing things and saying this is the matter this is like this is one way of seeing so therefore you know matter is not something concrete and totally you know out there in this way that we think they are so therefore it's much more uh, interrelated much more interdependent and uh, therefore it's much more flexible uh, there's possibility to have lots of different ways uh, of seeing and experiencing everything that's around us now this leads to uh, the understanding of the mind whether we want to call it spiritual or whatever and uh, in Buddhism we give a uh, lot of uh, uh, energy and lots of time to try to understand the nature of mind uh, uh, because the the experience uh, one thing uh, the whole purpose is to to try to you know uh, transform the way we experience things but secondly uh, to understand the the reality or the truth or the way things are uh, also it's very important to understand the nature of the mind and so there then uh, uh, the, the concept uh, the concept of the uh, four kayas and all these things uh, come up uh, <clears throat> there is also uh, the, the, uh, the way to look at um, or experience our mind um, and say what is it is this consciousness or the awareness things like that uh, so this it's an awareness uh, sometimes you know is if you look deeply what the mind is uh, then it is something that is that's aware that is uh, uh, cognizing that is uh, sometimes we call it luminous uh, because it has this the quality to be aware mm. and that quality to be aware mm. <clears throat> what is the nature of it 
where exactly is it and what is the shape and color and you know so that is something that is not found you cannot uh, the the awareness itself if you try to look at it if you try to you know uh, catch it mm -hmm. there is nothing you can catch it either inside or outside yourself uh, so therefore it's like uh, it's nothingness it's emptiness in a way uh, it's all pervading mm -hmm. uh, but it has that form whether you can call it it doesn't have a form but it has an expression and that expression is being aware and because it says this expression of aware uh, the the knowing uh, so therefore it has the capacity to manifest so that that's why um, you know all these manifestations of experiences whether it's uh, thoughts, emotions, perceptions, sensations, you know, uh, outer exp experiences of uh, uh, the matter, inner experiences of emotions and uh, other experiences are all, you know, uh, can and does, uh, you know, permeate from this uh, being uh, you know the nature of being uh, being uh, aware and and luminous uh, now this this nature of uh, being you know uh, there's nothing in its nature there's nothing that you can not kind of you can uh, pinpoint it's like this or you can hold on to or uh, uh, exactly kind of the place or things like that uh, this nature of the uh, the emptiness this nature of the uh, something that you cannot you know uh, cage in or some something that you cannot measure the uh, limitlessness that aspect of this mind or the nature of our awareness consciousness is sometimes called dharmakaya. Uh, it's called dharmakaya in the sense that because it doesn't have a, you know, it's beyond uh, grasping. Uh, it's beyond, you know, uh, it cannot be kind of put into a, a certain uh, location or a, a shape or a size or anything like that. It is, uh, it's not something that is kind of a, uh, even expressed properly how it is uh, but at the same time because it is like that therefore it it has the you know it has the quality of uh, of always being aware and uh, kind of luminous and that luminous nature uh, is what is called the sambhogakaya uh, so therefore there is the uh, there's nothing wrong with it there's nothing uh, needs to be kind of a, a, you know cleared or gotten rid of it uh, it's it's a, everything is kind of a, uh, all embodied there's no uh, no no problem there at this stage uh, that 
uh, aspect is called the Samogakaya. Uh, and because of this nature, then all sorts of, you know, uh, radiations, or all sorts of emanations, or all sorts of, you know, uh, manifestations can happen. Uh, and that's called the, uh, the Nirmanakaya. And all these three things, all these three aspects of the mind, uh, are not separate. There's nothing separatedness. There's all these, these three aspects are not three things, but, uh, but one thing. Uh, just the way to describe a thing that you talk from different aspects. Uh, this is called the Svabhavikakaya. And that's the way, you know, our consciousness is. And therefore, you know, the, the main understanding from this point of view is to, to be able to ex understand that and experience that in that way. Uh, and if we can do that, and this is the main understanding from this point of view, that this nature, the way it is, is not something which is, you know, there in one person, not there in another person. Uh, this uh, way of being is the same to every being. Uh, there's anything who, is, who has a being, who has a, you know, uh, kind of, is sentient, you can call it. Uh, all is permuted by that, by that way, that nature, that uh, so therefore, sometimes this quality or this uh, essence is called Buddha nature. Uh, it's referred to as Buddha nature. Uh, because in this nature, the way it is, the way uh, our consciousness is, uh, there's nothing wrong with it. And uh, there's nothing, one is better or one is worse or anything like that. It's the same. Uh, so therefore, it's called Buddha nature, and Buddha nature permits everything. That's the general understanding of the mm, the, the Mahayana Buddhists, you know, mostly. Uh, but then, uh, that way of being uh, is one thing, and the way we experience ourselves mm, is is something different. That's why you know uh, we have this samsaric. Samsaric uh, uh, kind of defilement. Uh, this is the understanding from Buddhist point of view that if we, you know, because we don't understand this the way we are, uh, so therefore we experience things in a more dualistic way. And whatever manifestations that arise out of our own experience, uh, that we see as something out there, uh, whether it's uh, kind of material things out there or emotional things that we experience. And then we react with those things uh, with mm, aversion, uh, attachment, and ignorance. Mm -hmm. And uh, as long as we react in this way, uh, something out there that I experience, some emotions or thoughts or sensations or whatever, 
it's it's very nice i say and then i must want it not nice things i must not have it uh, not nice or not unnice i just ignore it uh, and it, so therefore those i ignore maybe i just ignore but those i want and not want then i make efforts to get and i make efforts to get rid of and even when i want something nice it's not just i want something that's nice but i you know i run after it and i uh, have the experience that i cannot be happy unless i have it because i get a kind of a, uh, my mind uh, creates a situation or state where i feel i lack something that i should have so i run after it and as long as i run after it i feel not totally satisfied because i am lacking something and even if i get it then i'm not totally you know always happy because either uh, i like it so much that i don't want to lose it and i have the fear of losing it or you know i don't want it anymore and i want to try to get rid of it and even if i i it's nice and i want it you know i have the fear of losing it and you know so all this kind of you know struggles continue and that's what we call the samsaric mind uh, so therefore you know and of course if something not nice then i have to run away so we are you know we are running either running away or running after most of the time and with that we kind of uh, tire ourselves frustrated you know uh, all kind of uh, anger and frustration and sadness and worries and all this kind of experiences uh, what we call the samsaric experiences we experience and so therefore all the sufferings and problems uh, arising so therefore the you know the understanding here the, the practice here uh, from this point of view is to try to try to see this the nature of ourselves the nature of the whole thing Uh, and and learn how to experience ourselves because you know uh, the way we our you know uh, the the experiences the the thoughts the emotions the uh, awarenesses the, you know that we uh, we experience uh, this experience if it's seen as something uh, that's uh, arising out of uh, interdependence and uh, dependently arising of different causes and conditions and so therefore you know uh, it comes and goes there's nothing is there uh, kind of a, mm, this thought comes this thought can come and this thought can go this emotion can come and this emotion can go from, from uh, it's a, it's a radiation of myself uh, and also that uh, uh, not only that these you know uh, emotions and thoughts can come and go but it is something you know arising from from my own awareness which uh, is actually you know uh, there all the time in the, in a, in a, the whole phenomena is in a, uh, you can say it's 
this is very important to understand. Uh, you know, we give lots of emphasis on the understanding of emptiness, nature of things. Uh, and also the uh, impermanence nature of things. Uh, uh, everything is impermanent and everything is uh, emptiness. Uh, but when we go a little bit deeper into the impermanence, uh, then uh, you find that the impermanence is not something uh, kind of, uh, what can you say, the, the deeper level of impermanence understanding uh, can uh, lead you to, to an understanding of, uh, you can say, go beyond the impermanence and permanence. So sometimes we call it the great permanence. Because, you know, uh, we say things are changing. Uh, but things are changing how? Uh, uh, things are changing uh, not only once a year or once a month or something like that, but, but all the time. There is no time when things are not changing. Uh, so, when there is no time, the things are not changing. Uh, the things are not existing. When is it existing? Because there is no time, it's not changing. So when there is no time not existing, then there cannot be anything that is truly there. Uh, truly there. Uh, so when there is nothing truly there, what is there to be destroyed? Uh, so therefore, the, the philosophy of no birth and no cessation, uh, the true nature of your mind, the true nature of everything, in fact, deeply, is no birth and no cessation because it's not something uh, independently or truly or, you know, uh, Kind of, there is no, no, no time when that is existing uh, in a kind of a uh, way that we think it's existing. Uh, so therefore, you know, uh, when that is the way, when that is the way, uh, our, you know, the essence of our nature is, uh, and that's the what, you know, is the is the, the core of our being. Uh, then, what is there to, to be afraid of? Uh, there's nothing you need to be afraid of because what we're afraid of and worried is that uh, maybe I will be destroyed. Maybe something will happen that will, you know, kind of... Uh, but there's nothing to be destroyed because there's nothing to be to be there, uh, existing. So when that understanding or experience happens, then, you know, all the experiences that you have uh, are, you know, you can look at it as, uh, as a kind of radiance, uh, manifestations of yourself in a, uh, in a kind of a display of 
color and uh, variety and all sorts of things and that you don't have to fear or you don't have to get you know get attached to but you know experience it in a kind of a mm, in a the most kind of a, as if looking at uh, uh, at a play like uh, somebody uh, the, the last mm, speaker just mentioned uh, that everything is a display uh, which is basically a, you know uh, a display or emanation or 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 uh, arising from mm, from within yourself uh, and uh, that there is kind of always uh, manifested and there's nothing uh, nothing which kind of you know uh, there's nothing absolutely there but the continuous manifestation which one cannot really stop but one cannot you know uh, there's no need to stop because it's it's your own manifestation like your own shadow mm. if you have your own like uh, if you look at your uh, what can you say the mirror uh, and then look at the mirror and you make faces uh, you make a bad face and then <laughs> you want to, you don't have to be you know afraid of your face when you make a bad face and and like it if you make a nice face and you know then you react like this all day that's useless so therefore uh, so because every expression is your own expression so therefore it is not so necessary to uh, to be so much affected by those but you can you can kind of laugh at that so when that understanding happens when that understanding happens then it is said that you can get peace of mind you know your peace of mind uh, can happen when you understand this when you understand the nature of yourself when you understand uh, the nature of the phenomena uh, when you understand how how to see uh, you know uh, everything in this way and that understanding uh, is not something which is you know uh, which is taking you away from the the realities of the the life at this moment in these circumstances also because uh, because that understanding can shift your way of how to be but it doesn't uh, uh, it doesn't uh, uh, kind of it doesn't uh, uh, it doesn't make you not see what uh, everybody else is experiencing uh, and therefore uh, when you understand that there is uh, actually not so much you know there is a way that you can actually change the and transform the way you know everybody is having so much problem and pain and all these things and creating so much causes and conditions for uh, you know for uh, harming each other and uh, creating so much uh, problems uh, in the world uh, then you know within that understanding of you know seeing the nature of yourself you also understand the causes and conditions that the world is going around uh, and therefore you know uh, it doesn't reject the 
it doesn't reject the causality, it, does, it makes even more understanding uh, because, uh, because there is no, no, what can you say, no, uh, no, no true existence of things. Therefore, everything is based on very little causes and conditions. It's everything is changeable. Everything is, uh, you know, uh, even little causes can make uh, changes and make you know something better and something worse. And you know, so therefore, the more you understand this, the more you you have the kind of confidence in uh, what in Buddhism we call it karma. That your actions become important. Uh, the way you sit, you know, the people, how how you do things become important. Your actions, your actions of body, speech, and mind becomes important. And then, how how kind of uh, uh, the people or the world around you, uh, you know, uh, develops depends very much on your actions. And uh, so, therefore, it's necessary to uh, to feel the the, uh, the the needs of the people, the compassion becomes important, uh, kindness becomes important. Uh, so therefore, you know, this understanding then brings uh, a kind of harmony uh, between, you know, you you finding your own kind of uh, peace of mind and uh, uh, stability and uh, uh, truth uh, in yourself and change your way of, uh, you know, transform your way of experiencing things, but at the same time, uh, become more you know, involved and make more uh, understanding how the actions and, you know, uh, how the, the causes affect, uh, you know, uh, conditions and causes can affect the people, so therefore you become more realistic uh, in the, uh, you know, uh, how the how the things run. Uh, so therefore, you know, like uh, mm, uh, the environment and all these things, you know, what we do has a very strong you know, effect. Uh, what I do has a very strong effect on the people around me uh, and things like And what I do now has an effect on my future. You know, so these things are understood and this together uh, is then the you know sometimes we talk it uh, call it the two truths uh, and these two truths come together uh, leading to one truth uh, that's the main mainly the understanding uh, from Buddhist point of view uh, and uh, when I hear uh, the some of the things from Ibn Arabi you know, I was uh, very uh, inspired uh, to see. Uh, that there are so much kind of uh, uh, similarities. Uh, the only uh, difference I found, uh, I mean, I know nothing much about this, but the, the use of the word God, uh, and from what I've heard, uh, the use of the God is uh, here, does uh, seems to be uh, much more deeper uh, and, uh, you know, and it's, it seems to me, uh, you know, uh, I come from a uh, cultural background where, uh, you know, the creator is not a, a big issue. Uh, so therefore, we don't never think from that point of view. <laughs> but 
if uh, you know the people who have that uh, cultural background or the you know uh, kind of background of uh, kind of believing in a uh, in a sense of because I, I see this very clearly that when people come from certain backgrounds uh, they have a, a kind of a certain uh, certain way of uh, uh, reacting uh, so therefore you know uh, you can call God I think there is nothing wrong with that uh, because if you look deeply and say that this, you know, uh, the the nature that you know that's the basis of all this. You can call it creation, if you like. Uh, then I think uh, experientially, maybe it comes to the same thing. Uh, but of course, you know, uh, in in Tibetan we have a saying: uh, if two philosophers agree, one is not a philosopher. <laughs> uh, and and also it continues that if two sands do not agree, one is not a sand. Uh, so therefore, you know, uh, uh, how you explain things, how you express things, uh, you know, is everybody has a way of expressing things using different terminologies. Uh, different different words, you know, uh, things like that. And what you experience sometimes could be the same thing with different ways of, ex, you know, uh, ex, expressing. Uh, I, I, I heard uh, a story uh, from somewhere which I thought was uh, very, uh, it was very useful for me. And so therefore I usually tell this story. Uh, I don't know where it comes from. Uh, maybe it comes from uh, Ibn Arabi or something, <laughs> Rumi or something like that. Uh, the story goes like this. Maybe it has a Christian background, I don't know. Uh, it says that um, there, is a, uh, there is a man, and then the, the devil, yes, the devil and his assistant is looking at a person uh, in a courtyard, walking up and down, up and down. And the devil is looking at him very intensely. So, of course, as a good assistant, the assistant is also looking very intensely. <laughs> <laughs> and then goes up and down and goes up and down. And then suddenly there was a big flash of light. And then really kind of blinding flash of light. And then assistant asks, what happened? What happened? Uh, then the devil says, not so much worried, you know, like mildly. Oh, he found the truth. And then the assistant thinks it's very serious matter because he heard that the truth shakes the kingdom of devil. So he says, no, but that must be, that must be dangerous for us, no. And then devil says, no, not really. He found the truth, but the moment he passes on to somebody else, they will make into a dogma. <laughs> so there is no danger. <laughs> so, so I've passed on to you this dogma. 
So I think I should stop here. <laughs> Thank you.